Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 335 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in Ann Arbor. And I'm Tom Mile, not in Dallas. I'm actually coming to you live from ABA Tech Show here in Chicago. In our last episode, we launched our Fresh Voices on Legal Tech interview series with the fabulous Kristen Sande of Paladin. We talked a lot about justice tech and highly recommend the episode. In this episode, we'll be rocking a live interview from ABA Tech Show, or at least Tom is there, with some great guests. Tom, What's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, uh, I'm thrilled to be live at Tech Show uh, and to be talking to our special guests, Jen Lee, and longtime friend of the podcast, Allison Joes. As usual, we're going to finish up our podcast with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second that this podcast is over. But first up, we are so pleased to welcome Jen Lee and Allison Joes. Jen and Allison, welcome to the Tech Show, live from Tech Show edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, Before we get started, can we um, just quickly tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. I'm Allison Joes. I'm the president of Legal Ease Consulting, where I help lawyers with the back end of their practice. So everything from marketing to productivity, business development, uh, operations, and I have a special affinity with uh, LinkedIn. Dennis and I have have written a couple of of books about LinkedIn for lawyers. Jen? Sure. So my name is Jen Lee, and I am a debt and credit attorney and own a law firm in California called Jen Lee Law, but I also have a consulting company called Lawyer Success Network, where I help law firms and lawyers launch their firms and then make good business decisions while they're in practice. Awesome. Well, let's let's start you off with uh, just telling us what you're presenting on at Tech Show this year and, and maybe some of the things you're highlighting in your sessions. Maybe we'll start with you, Jen. Sure. So my first session, I'm actually done with both sessions already. So uh, my first session this morning was process mapping. And we were talking about how to create process maps for firms so that you exactly know what's going on at each step of the process in your firm and not just randomly throwing things out there and trying to figure out what your firm does. So I walked in and saw a big Visio diagram when you all were talking, <laughs> and that is speaking my language. So We try not to scare people away with the diagrams, <laughs> but it was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then my second session this morning was on uh, automation of client communication, how to use uh, automation in order to create effective client communication and also to reduce the stress within the firm, the constant phone calls, constant emails. It's kind of heading that off. So, Awesome. Allison. Yeah, so I actually have bookend sessions. I had my first session in the, the morning today, and I'm in the last session tomorrow. So my first session this morning was with the tech show co-chair, Geet Sakalakis, and we were talking about marketing and the Legal Technology Resource Center survey specifically with respect to websites and marketing. So one of the hats that I wear currently is the chair of the Legal Technology Resource Center, and we do a survey every year in a number of volumes, and one of those volumes covers websites, marketing, and communication. So we talked about some of those survey results and where lawyers have opportunities in their marketing, 
gaps that we've seen. Uh, and then tomorrow afternoon, I'll be speaking with Joy Heath-Rush from ILTA, and we'll be talking again about the legal tech surveys, the ILTA survey and the uh, ABA survey and talking about how lawyers can use surveys and kind of what to look for when they're looking at survey data and what to think about when they're choosing a survey to, to look at and how to use that data to inform their uh, legal technology purchases. Awesome. I think those are all topics that lawyers desperately need um, and are woefully behind on in my experience. But I want to keep on the same topic a little bit, but I want to, so you've kind of told us what you're, good, what you're talking about, but let's dive in a little bit more and say, what's the one sentence lesson that people should learn from your sessions? What is the takeaway that you want them to take away from both of those sessions? So I'll start with Allison this time for, for your marketing and survey sessions. What's the takeaway? And, and so this is partially for, for people who haven't been to Tech Show and here's what you're missing, folks. But if you have been to Tech Show, you'll be able to see some of these materials later on if you don't get to make the sessions. Tell us what you expect attendees to take away from. So I think from the, the marketing session, it's that there, there are still a lot of opportunities for lawyers to distinguish themselves in their marketing and distinguish themselves from other lawyers. So things like uh, doing video, which a lot of lawyers are, are not doing yet, and some different things that they could, could do with their websites. And you know, one of the questions that we got in our session this morning had to do with, you know, do I have to wait until my marketing is perfect to put it out there? And so the, the big takeaway there is, at least for me, the answer is no. It's much better to be authentic than it is to be perfect, because frankly, no one's perfect anyway. And if you're always waiting, then you're never getting it out there. Nothing ever gets done, exactly. And I think for, for tomorrow's session, uh, the big takeaway is just learning how to look at these surveys and to see which surveys apply to me and, and how I should look at the survey data in order to, to make decisions. And how to some, make the best purchasing decisions. Yeah, exactly. Because some surveys are going to be more applicable to, to certain lawyers or practice areas or, or law firm sizes, et cetera. Jen. Sure, for the process mapping, I think what most people took away from it from the discussion that we had was that process mapping, the process of it itself was so valuable in figuring out how a law firm should function that they didn't under, quite understand that that it's not the end result, not the process map that's actually the, <laughs> the very valuable tool, but the process of process mapping actually became one of those things that is teamwork building, all kinds of things. And you learn a process. lot of things about your company that you never knew. Exactly, like that's we right. had crazy yeah. case studies about partners who didn't know how invoicing worked and things like that. So all kinds of fun. And then for the effective client communication, I think lawyers are often, we, we're so overwhelmed with emails and phone calls coming in. I think they that one, the most value was how to limit that and create a stress. How to stop the overwhelm. Yeah, less stressful practice. So, yeah. When I was at MasterCard, we there was a, a process map of, of sorts that came out. It was kind of a, a, a gag process map of like how many steps, and, and actually steps was a good term, that it, it took uh, someone to print out a document, and it was like 57 steps. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's like really, really, really interesting what it is that you learn. And, and then Allison, it's, it's, I, it, just yesterday I had a, a long conversation with somebody about when you might use the ILTA survey versus the a, ABA survey. 
But let's talk about Tech Show itself. And, and I, I think that uh, one takeaway uh, for practicing lawyers especially is that it's good to go to Tech Show on a, on a regular basis. And so I just want to ask both of you, like, why do you think Tech Show is, is so useful to practicing lawyers who want to get up to speed on technology and new ways to practice? And let's start with you, Jen. Sure, I just mentioned this as someone at lunch that the really the value of Tech Show is the connections that you make and being able to talk to people who are more like-minded innovating in the tech, in the legal space, because as you know, our industry is kind of stuck sometimes in the 1900s. And it's really fun to be around people who are looking for those next things. And you can connect with them after the fact. You have kindred spirits. Exactly. Yeah, well, I think it's not just the even the kindred spirits. It's getting to meet some of the experts in person or, or finding out what resources are out there that, again, that you can connect with after, after the show. But also talking to other practicing lawyers who are having similar problems and you can talk about, well, what are, what are my challenges or what were my challenges and how did I solve them? And, you know, oh, you have a similar practice to me. Which of these technology solutions are you using and is it working for you? Uh, and then maybe I can go and talk to the vendor and, and learn more about what the new features are and, and so forth. Okay, last question about Tech Show, promise. We're going on to other things in the next segment. But and to the extent that you have an answer to it already, Let's say that you've got, we've got some of our audience members who are hearing, hearing good things about Tech Show. They're like, okay, but what would you say to try and seal the deal? What would be the, here's the reason why you need to come to Tech Show? Well, technology is changing so fast. I think even an annual conference, you could learn so much each year from. So that my tip would be that you should be here every year. You know? I would say, even if you just come every two years, you're still going to learn something. You'll probably learn a ton two years. But I've seen people who said, I took away so much, I can't possibly come back next year. That's okay. Yep. Come every two years. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the networking piece for me and, and seeing people in person, especially now, I, I think 2020, right, literally right before the pandemic started here, uh, was my last in-person tech show because I wasn't here last year. And that there's a whole element that's missing when you're when you're not here in person and talking to people. So, you know, Jen mentioned earlier that we may all be connected, you know, digitally, but we may not have met in person. And there's a number of people here now because it's been a number of years that some of them I sort of talk to all the time, all right, and I refer clients to, um, and I have a client here who I had never met in person. Met so. In person. It, to me, that's that sort of seals the deal. All right. We have more questions for Jen and Allison, but before we do that, we'll take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Be the best resource you can for your Spanish-speaking clients with the Spanish Group's Legal Translation Service. Experienced translators ensure accurate translation of your documents with same-day delivery. Confidentiality is ensured, and the Spanish Group guarantees acceptance for certified translations. All that, and their rates are competitive. If you need other languages, the Spanish group translates in over 140 languages. Mention Legal Talk 20 when you request your quote for 20% off your first translation. Visit thespanishgroup.org. Filing court documents, serving legal papers, collecting electronic signatures, all critical parts of the litigation process, yet ones that are time-consuming and error-prone. But what if you could do more straight from your case or document management software? 
InfoTrack automates data entry, document selection, tracking, and information syncing across all these core tasks and more by integrating with your core systems like Clio, Smokeball, Leap, MyCase, and others. Spend more time on substantive legal work and less time on busy work. Learn how simple it can be at infotrack.com slash simple. And we are back with Alice Joes and Chen Lee live from ABA Tech Show 2023. For both of you, and I guess we'll start with Allison, what is happening right now in legal tech that excites you the most or seems to have the most potential, or is it just ChatGPT? Although ChatGPT can be very exciting and has some good uses, that's, it's not the thing for me personally that I'm most excited about. I'm excited to see all of the innovation. So one of the things I love about Tech Show is the Startup Alley pitch competition and seeing what people are coming up with and what legal problems uh, you know, they're solving for, for lawyers and for the public to get better access to, to the legal help that they need. So to me, that's the most exciting is seeing how the technology is getting applied to, to solve these problems. And it seems like it's iterating faster and faster every year. Yeah, I was very excited to see some of the access to justice issues that are being solved by technology. Are people coming up with more and more ideas on how to get access? I mean, the, the numbers are staggering as far as the people out there who need legal assistance who don't get it. So I think that was the most exciting part to me so far. Jen, I have a question just for you. I want to talk about automation. We talk about it a lot on the podcast, and we talk, you know, we're always interested in new ways to think about it, and it's always amazing to us about how long automation's been around, and yet how many lawyers don't take full advantage of it. So let's say that we have a listener here who is thinking, okay, I probably should add some automation into it. What kind of advice would you give to a lawyer who hasn't used much automation and wanted to get started? So at least they're willing to get started because yep. that's half the battle is First getting step. people to get started. Um, for automation, a lot of times it's going through and looking at those processes, the steps, like where, where can I add something in that I'm doing redundantly? So repetitive steps are often the first place we look. Where can I template something? Where can I make it so that I don't have to be physically involved with each step of the process? So it's repetitive actions. So for, for both of you, I mean, this is a technology show. So what one or two technologies do you recommend that people really focus on and learn right now uh, why they might do that and how might they get started? And from my perspective, it's almost like no technology is too simple uh, for, for or basic for this answer. But in terms of actual technologies, what do you think people should focus on right now? I guess let's let's start with uh, Jen on that one. So keeping things very basic, I think that lawyers at the very basic should be using a calendaring app technology. I have found that it's so much easier to schedule appointments and have clients schedule, even scheduling networking appointments. My podcast, I schedule guests using my calendar link. So if you're not using a calendar link, I think that's a piece of technology that's basic and, and needs to be used by everyone. You know, you're talking like a Calendly. Yeah, Calendly. Which, I use, which I use on a the cal- podcast, uh, I've expressed my total adoration for. is a for. complete <laughs> fan person for <laughs> Calendly. Calendly. I use Acuity, but I've used Calendly too. But yeah, I think they're both useful tools. And then Allison? Yeah, I feel like we say this all the time, but it, it bears repeating. 
lawyers really need to be using some form of practice management software. And you know, there are so many options out there now, if we're, depending on your practice area and how you operate your practice, but it, it's so much more efficient and it's so much better for clients. The clients get a better client experience, you know, especially if you're using practice management software that incorporates a secure client portal, portal. which is one of the other things that, that Guy and I mentioned briefly this morning. We didn't have a lot of time to talk about it. Um, but, you know, now I, I think Nikki Black did an article talking about the new ABA opinion that came out and these questions around whether it's really secure anymore to use email to communicate with your clients and instead of using a, a secure client portal. So there are so many advantages to using practice management software. And I think, it, Dennis, I think one of the things that you said is you, how would you go about getting started? Look, if you're at Tech Show, it's a perfect place to talk to the different vendors and find out, you know, talk to other practitioners who practice in your area and find out what they like about the practice management software that they're using. And then, you know, do the demos. Look look and see how it works on the back end. It's really the only way you're going to see what works for you. You know, some of them may be more intuitive to you than, than others, and I think that's an important factor because you want to make sure once you implement it that you're actually going to use it. Well, even without the ethics opinion, not even take that out of it, I always tell our clients we don't have the same confidentiality issues that lawyers would have with their clients, but I'm always saying we shouldn't be exchanging documents by email. We, we should be using Teams or a portal or something where there is no documents floating around in email as your separate filing cabinet. It just makes good sense all the way around. All right, Allison, question for you. We understand that there's a new edition of the book, of your book. Is it coming out or is it already out? It's already out. It's already out. It's called? How to Do More in Less Time, The Complete Guide to Increasing Your Productivity and Improving Your Bottom Line. That is longer than the Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration <laughs> Tools and Technologies. Um, so I could, we could spend a podcast asking questions, and maybe we'll do that sometime. But I want to really just ask the one question, which is I'm kind of a productivity nerd and finding new ways to be productive. And so there's always changes and advancements and new ways to think about things. What are the biggest change when you wrote the new version, what were the biggest changes that you noticed between the first edition and the second edition? What had changed in what y'all were talking about that really was would be something new or different in the book? Yeah, so it's interesting because when we went to write the second edition, we thought there wasn't going to be much updating that we had to do. We knew we had to address things like working from home more after the pandemic, obviously, how sort of, I hate the word best practices, but some tips on using Zoom or Teams or other, you know, software for communicating virtually. But there was a lot more updating that, that we needed to do because when we started reading through, we didn't we didn't realize that just a lot of the day-to-day -day way that lawyers work has changed from 2014 to 2022 when, when we were writing the book. So the first half of the book is more general, more strategies, and the second half of the book is really more specific technology tips. And the second half of the book we had to pretty much scrap and, and start over from from scratch and, and we had to conceive of a sort of a different way of having that discussion so that we didn't have to update it again <laughs> in three months when, when the technology's changed. Again. All right, we are not done yet with Jen and Allison. We've got a couple more questions for them, but before that, let's take a break for a quick word from our sponsors. 
Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. If you're like me, you're probably a bit frustrated with the state of our political system today. Democracy Decoded, a podcast by Campaign Legal Center, examines our government and discusses innovative ideas that could lead to a stronger, more transparent, accountable, and inclusive democracy. Listen at democracydecoded.org to their new season, which takes a deep dive into democracy at the state and local level by highlighting different ways to ensure that every voter's voice is heard. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy. And I'm Tom Mile. And we are joined by our special guests, Allison Joes and Jen Lee. Um, we want to finish up with a couple of questions that we are starting to ask all of our guests. There are standard questions. And the one I will ask here is, I'm calling it the best advice question. And I'll give you the option. I'll say, what is the best advice you've ever been given about legal technology or technology in general? Or what is the best advice you could offer our listeners in whatever area that you want? I'll give you the choice. Best advice you've ever given or would like to give? And we'll start with Jen. So the best advice I was ever given regarding legal technology was to use a practice management system from the very (laughs) beginning of my practice. Like, don't adopt it later. Start at the very beginning and actually use it. So you did it. You did that. I did that. that. Okay. Great shape. Yeah, that's... That's impressive. I can't, I can't say that about 99% of my exactly. clients, if not 100%. No um, but I think the best tip that I could give is not to get overwhelmed with the legal technology or not to try to implement sort of too many things at once, especially you're coming to a show like this. You may see five things that you're not doing, then freak out and you know try to implement five things at once. So pick the thing that you think is the most important or that will make the biggest impact on your practice and implement that. And once you've got that under your belt, then you can Come then back. you can move on to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to technology being a tool, the job to be done, and the problem that you need to solve. I think you, you really hit that, uh, Allison. Uh, let's, let's wrap up with uh, the questioning part with looking to the future, uh, could be near or far. What gives you the optimism for the use of technology in the legal profession and in the legal system? And I guess let's, let's start with Allison on that. So I think the first answer that comes to mind is close to what I what I said before. It's really now using the legal technology. I feel like in the past, a lot of the legal technology was focused on the lawyers, right, and trying to get lawyers to improve what they're doing internally. And now I think there's a lot more focus on the clients and the access to justice piece and, and making it easier for clients to communicate with their lawyers or to to be able to get the legal services that they need. So to me, that's the most uh, exciting thing is that we've turned the focus from the lawyers to to the clients. I always joke that the one thing that COVID did well was it forced the legal industry about 400 years in the future. And so I'm always excited about the access to justice for personally for my clients being able to appear on Zoom or a phone is was a huge issue for them. Um, being able to do that has been very helpful. So I'm excited about all of the tools that are out there now to help people access the system. So. 
All right. Well, we want to thank Allison and Jen for being guests on the podcast. Uh, start with Jen. Tell us where people can, if they want to reach out or if they want to learn more about you, where can they contact you? Or So LinkedIn's probably the easiest. Just Jen Lee on LinkedIn or JenLeeLaw.com is my website. Awesome. Same question for you, Allison. Sure. On LinkedIn, I'm Allison Joes. There aren't too many Joes on LinkedIn. That's J-O-H-S. But you can also find me on my website at LawyerMeltdown.com. Or uh, my blog is LegalEaseConsulting.com. Well, thank you so much, Jen and Allison. You were excellent guests with great information and advice for our listeners. We appreciate you taking time out of your own busy tech show experience to join us. And now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Allison, what do you have for us? So I've been debating what I was going to do. I was going to throw myself under the bus. Tom and I talked about this last (laughs) night, but I'm not going to do it. It's too embarrassing, Um, even though it's not really my fault. But I'll give you my parting shot is based on the, the legal tech survey, and that is that there are so few lawyers using video to market themselves that I think lawyers should should jump into using video. And I'll give you an easy way to do that. Uh, there's a group called Video Socials, and you can find them at videosocials.net. I've belonged to the group for a number of years now, and it's how, if anybody's seen my videos on LinkedIn or on my website or on YouTube, that's how I do my videos. And it's basically a Zoom networking event where everybody records a short video and you get great feedback. And I've seen people over the years improve amazingly from doing uh, so it's like Toastmasters for video. Yeah, and there it's very welcoming, and you can go to your first video socials meeting uh, for free. So awesome, Jen. So I think Allison and I are on the same wavelength because mine was regarding video as well. <laughs> because I'm a big fan of lawyers using video. But my tip for just getting started right away as a parting shot: write down the top 20 questions your clients ask you. And that can be your first 20 videos that you do. So it's a really easy tip and trick to do right afterwards, and you can start right away. You don't have to have a production. It can be an iPhone. Just record them. Okay, I really struggled with my parting shot this week. I couldn't think of anything great to do it. I, I, I thought about talking about my miserable experience with Microsoft 365 last week where an incompetent technician got me locked out of my account and I'm still locked out. But I think that's mostly my fault, so I'm not willing to own up to all of that yet. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to talk about um, artificial intelligence, and so I, I've, I found this cool new site where you put in a TripAdvisor link for a hotel, and then you ask it to give you a critical review of that hotel, and ChatGPT will generate a very detailed review of the hotel. Um, I went to go try it and it said, sorry, I'm flooded. My API, the API is busted. I will only start this site up again if I, uh, if you give me some donations. So I couldn't recommend that site. So instead, what I'm going to talk about is I am, uh, I do not in my job do a lot of hiring. There are others in the company that do hiring, but I am in the position now where I'm having to do a lot of hiring and a lot of communications. And I have found that chat, and and I don't know how to word things. I'm not worried about wording things in an illegal way. I'm not worried about the legal issues about HR. I'm worried about making sure I save the words in the right way when I'm talking to potential new hires. And I have found that framing that with ChatGPT has been a great way to generate just some initial text that I can then work with because at least it gives me, I sit there in front of a blank screen trying to come up with something. And that is yet another use case that I think is going to make ChatGPT a very useful tool moving forward. Dennis. Again, I, I, I just want to say I, I would like it if all our listeners kept the Michigan State University community in mind. Uh, we're about to go on spring break as we record this, and I think that 
that will uh, probably be helpful to us. I have such respect for these these students and, and what what they've been through. But my tip is, this is the GPT era arriving. So Notion, which uh, listeners will know that Tom and I have built our second braid projects on, has incorporated GPT into it. And so it's called Notion AI and it's part of the Notion system. And Tom and I recommended uh, over over a long time that you try Notion, uh, just a a really great uh, cloud tool. And uh, I'm looking forward to experimenting with AI within that environment. And it has some cool prompts already, already set up. All right. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode on the Legal Talk Network's page for the show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, on the Legal Talk Network site, or in your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can always reach out to us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and is getting less and less accessible to us, so maybe not there. Uh, But remember, we always love to get voicemails so we can use your questions during our B segment. That voicemail number is 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.